0: chapter nine of the life of washington volume one by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter nine war with the southern indians dissatisfaction of carolina with the proprietors rupture with spain combination to subvert the proprietary government revolution completed expedition from the havana against charleston peace with spain the proprietors surrender their interest to the crown the province divided georgia settled impolicy of the first regulations intrigues of the spaniards with the slaves of south carolina insurrection of the slaves 1715 in carolina the contest between the inhabitants and the proprietors added to the favor with which the queen heard the complaints of the dissenters had turned the attention of the people towards the crown and produced a strong desire to substitute the regal for the proprietary government this desire was increased by an event which demonstrated the incompetency of their government war with the indians the yamases a powerful tribe of indians on the north of the savannah instigated by the spaniards at st augustine secretly prepared a general combination of all the southern indians against the province having massacred the traders settled among them they advanced in great force against the southern frontier spreading desolation and slaughter on their route the inhabitants were driven into charleston and governor craven proclaimed martial law he also obtained an act of assembly empowering him to impress men to seize arms ammunition and stores to arm such negroes as could be trusted and generally to prosecute the war with the utmost vigor agents were sent to virginia and to england to solicit assistance and bills were issued for the payment and subsistence of the army at the same time the indians entered the northern part of the province and were within fifty miles of the capital thus surrounded by enemies the governor took the course which was suggested equally by courage and by prudence leaving the less active part of the population to find security in the forts at charleston he marched with the militia towards the southern frontier which was invaded by the strongest body of indians and at a place called salt catchers attacked and totally defeated them the victors pursued them into their own country expelled them from it and drove them over the savannah river the fugitives found protection in florida where they made a new settlement from which they continued long afterwards to make distressing incursions into carolina the agent who had been sent by the legislature to england to implore the protection of the proprietors had received ulterior instructions should he not succeed with them to apply directly to the king being dissatisfied with his reception by the proprietors he petitioned the house of commons who addressed the king praying his interposition and immediate assistance to the colony the king referred the matter to the lords commissioners of trade and plantations whose report was unfavourable to the application because the province of carolina was a proprietary government they were of opinion that if the colony was to be protected at the expense of the nation its government ought to be vested in the crown on receiving this opinion proprietors in a general meeting avowed their inability to protect the province and declared that unless his majesty would graciously please to interpose they could foresee nothing but the utter destruction of his faithful subjects in those parts a government unable to afford protection to the people was ill adapted to the situation of carolina the dissatisfaction growing out of this cause was still further augmented by the unpopular and in some instances unwise acts of the proprietors to relieve the distress produced by war considerable sums of paper money had been issued and the proprietors on the complaint of the merchants of london engaged in the trade of the province had given instructions to reduce the quantity in circulation 1715 to 1717 the assembly had appropriated the country of the Yamasees to the use of such of his majesty's european subjects as would settle it extracts from the law on this subject being published in england and in ireland five hundred men from the latter kingdom emigrated to carolina the proprietors repealed this law and to the utter ruin of the emigrants as well as to the destruction of this barrier against the savages ordered the lands to be surveyed and erected into baronies for themselves while the population was confined to the neighbourhood of charleston all the members of the assembly had been elected at that place as the settlements extended this practice became inconvenient and an act was passed declaring that every parish should choose a certain number of representatives and that the elections should be held in each at the parish church as if to destroy themselves in the province the proprietors repealed this popular law also heavy expenses being still incurred for defence against the inroads of the southern indians the people complained loudly of the insufficiency of that government which unable itself to protect them prevented the interposition of the crown in their favour in this temper governor johnson son of the former governor of that name found the province he met the assembly with a conciliatory speech and received an answer expressing great satisfaction at his appointment his original popularity was increased by the courage he displayed in two expeditions against a formidable band of pirates who had long infested the coast which he entirely extirpated 1717 these expeditions occasioned still farther emissions of paper money the governor being instructed to diminish its quantity had influence enough with the assembly to obtain an act for redeeming the bills of credit in three years by a tax on lands and negroes this tax falling heavily on the planters they sought to elude it by obtaining an act for a farther emission of bills the proprietors being informed of this design and also of an intention to make the produce of the country a tender in payment of all debts at a fixed value enjoined the governor not to give his assent to any bill until it should be laid before them about the same time the king by an order in council signified his desire to the proprietors that they would repeal an act passed in carolina for imposing a duty of ten per centum on all goods of british manufacture imported into the province the repeal of this act and of one declaring the right of the assembly to name a receiver of the public money and of the election law were transmitted to the governor in a letter directing him to dissolve the assembly and to hold a new election at charleston according to ancient usage 1718, the assembly being employed in devising means of raising revenue their dissolution was deferred but the repeal of the law imposing duties and the royal displeasure at the clause laying a duty on british manufactures were immediately communicated with a recommendation to pass another act omitting that clause meanwhile the governor's instructions were divulged they excited great irritation and produced a warm debate on the right of the proprietors to repeal a law enacted with the consent of their deputy in the province about this time chief justice trot who had become extremely unpopular in the colony was charged with many iniquitous proceedings and the governor the major part of the council and the assembly united in a memorial representing his malpractices to the proprietors 1719 mr young was deputed their agent to enforce these complaints soon after his arrival in london he presented a memorial to the proprietors detailing the proceedings of carolina and stating the objections of the assembly to the right of their lordships to repeal laws which had been approved by their deputies this memorial was very unfavorably received and the members of the council who had subscribed it were displaced the proprietors asserted their right to repeal all laws passed in the province approved the conduct of the chief justice censured that of the governor in disobeying their instructions respecting the dissolution of the assembly and repeated their orders on this subject however the governor might disapprove the instructions given him he did not hesitate to obey them the new council was summoned the assembly was dissolved and writs were issued for electing another at charleston the public mind had been gradually prepared for a revolution and these irritating measures completed the disgust with which the people viewed the government of the proprietors an opportunity to make the change so generally desired was soon afforded war with spain a rupture having taken place between great britain and spain advice was received from england of a plan formed in the havana for the invasion of carolina the governor convened the council and such members of the assembly as were in town and laid his intelligence before them he at the same time stated the ruinous condition of the fortifications and proposed that a sum for repairing them should be raised by voluntary subscription of which he set the example by a liberal donation the assembly declared a subscription to be unnecessary as the duties would afford an ample fund for the object the repeal of the law imposing them was said to be utterly void and would be disregarded combination to subvert the government the members of the new assembly though they had not been regularly convened at charleston had held several private meetings in the country to concert measures of future resistance they had drawn up an association for uniting the whole province in opposition to the proprietary government which was proposed to the militia at their public meetings and subscribed almost unanimously this confederacy was formed with such secrecy and dispatch that before the governor was informed of it almost every inhabitant of the province was engaged in it the members of the assembly thus supported by the people resolved to subvert the power of the proprietors the governor who resided in the country had no intimation of these secret meetings and transactions until he received a letter from a committee of the representatives of the people offering him the government of the province under the king it having been determined to submit no longer to that of the proprietors mr johnson resolved to suppress the spirit of revolt and hastened to town in order to lay the letter before his council they advised him to take no notice of it until the legislature should be regularly convened on meeting the assembly declared that the laws pretended to be repealed continued to be in force and that no power other than the general assembly could repeal them that the writs under which they were elected were void inasmuch as they had been issued by advice of an unconstitutional council that the representatives cannot therefore act as an assembly but as a convention delegated by the people to prevent the utter ruin of the government and lastly that the lords proprietors had unhinged the frame of the government and forfeited their right thereto and that an address be prepared to desire the honourable robert johnson the present governor to take on himself the government of the province in the name of the king the address was signed by arthur middleton as president of the convention and by twenty-two members after several unavailing efforts on the part of the assembly to induce mr johnson to accept the government under the king and on his part to reinstate the government of the proprietors he issued a proclamation dissolving the assembly and retired into the country the proclamation was torn from the hands of the officer and the assembly elected colonel james Moore chief magistrate of the colony revolution completed after proclaiming him in the name of the king and electing a council the legislature published a declaration stating the revolution that had taken place with the causes which produced it and then proceeded deliberately to manage the affairs of the province while carolina was effecting this revolution the agent of the colony obtained a hearing before the lords of the regency and council in england the king being then in hanover who were of opinion that the proprietors had forfeited their charter they ordered the attorney-general to take out a bastius against it and appointed francis nicholson provisional governor of the province under the king he was received with universal joy and the people of carolina passed with great satisfaction from the proprietary government to the immediate dominion of the crown the proprietors surrendered to the crown this revolution was completed by an agreement between the crown and seven of the proprietors whereby for the sum of seventeen thousand five hundred pounds sterling they surrendered their right and interest both in the government and soil this agreement was confirmed by an act of parliament soon after which john lord Carteret, the remaining proprietor also surrendered all his interest in the government but retained his rights of property Seventeen twenty-one. Carolina received with joy the same form of government which had been bestowed on her sister colonies. The people, pleased with their situation and secure of protection, turned their attention to domestic and agricultural pursuits. And the face of the country soon evidenced the happy effects which result from contented industry directed by those who are to receive its fruits. 1732. The province divided for the convenience of the inhabitants the province was divided and was thenceforward distinguished by the names of north and south carolina about this period the settlement of a new colony was planned in england the tract of country lying between the rivers savannah and allatamaha being unoccupied by europeans a company was formed for the humane purpose of transplanting into this wilderness the suffering poor of the mother country this territory now denominated georgia was granted to the company and a corporation consisting of twenty-one persons was created under the name of trustees for settling and establishing the colony of georgia large sums of money were subscribed for transporting and furnishing with necessaries such poor people as should be willing to pass the atlantic and to seek the means of subsistence in a new world one hundred and sixteen persons embarked at gravesend under the conduct of mr james oglethorpe one of the trustees who after landing at charleston proceeded to the tract of country allotted for the new colony and laid the foundation of the town of savannah on the river which bears that name georgia settled a small fort was erected on its bank in which some guns were mounted and a treaty was held with the creek indians from whom the cession of a considerable tract was obtained the trustees continued to make great efforts for the accomplishment of their object and settled several companies of emigrants in georgia unfortunately the wisdom of their regulations did not equal the humanity of their motives totally unacquainted with the country they were to govern they devised a system for it rather calculated to impede than to promote its population 1733 considering each male inhabitant both as a soldier and a planter to be provided with arms and ammunition for defense as well as with utensils for cultivation they adopted the pernicious resolution of introducing such tenures for holding lands as were most favorable to a military establishment in policy of the first regulation each tract granted was considered as a military fief, for which the possessor was to appear in arms and take the field when required for the public defense the grants were in tail malay and on the termination of the estate the lands were to revert to the trust to be regranted to such persons as would most benefit the colony any lands which should not be enclosed cleared and cultivated within eighteen years reverted to the trust the importation of negroes and of rum was prohibited and those only were allowed to trade with the indians to whom a licence should be given however specious the arguments in support of these regulations might appear to the trustees human ingenuity could scarcely have devised a system better calculated to defeat their hopes the tenure of lands drove the settlers into carolina where that property might be acquired in fee simple the prohibition of slavery rendered the task of opening the country too heavy to be successfully undertaken in that burning climate and the restriction on their trade to the west indies deprived them of the only market for lumber and article in which they abounded 1734 mr oglethorpe's first employment was the construction of fortifications for defence he erected one fort on the savannah at augusta and another on an island of the allatamaha called frederica for defence against the indians and the inhabitants of florida the spaniards remonstrated against them and a commissioner from the Havana insisted on the evacuation of the country to the thirty-third degree of north latitude which he claimed in the name of the King of Spain, but this remonstrance and claim were equally disregarded. The restrictions imposed by the trustees on the inhabitants of Georgia were too oppressive to be endured in silence. They remonstrated particularly against the tenure by which their lands were held, and against the prohibition of the introduction of slaves. These complaints, the result of experience, were addressed to persons ignorant of the condition of the petitioners, and were neglected. The colony languished, while south carolina not unlike georgia both in soil and climate advanced with considerable rapidity although emigration was encouraged by paying the passage money of the emigrants by furnishing them with clothes arms ammunition and implements of husbandry by maintaining their families for the first year and in some instances by furnishing them with stock yet the unwise policy which has been mentioned more than counterbalanced these advantages and for ten years during which time the exports from carolina More than double the settlers in Georgia could with difficulty obtain a scanty subsistence. 1737. The differences between Great Britain and Spain, not admitting of adjustment, both nations prepared for war. The Spaniards strengthened East Florida, and the British government ordered a regiment consisting of 600 effective men into Georgia. The command of the troops, both of Georgia and Carolina, was given to Major General Oglethorpe, who fixed his headquarters at Frederica before hostilities had commenced the spaniards at st augustine engaged in criminal intrigues among the blacks of carolina agents had been secretly employed in seducing the slaves of that province to escape to st augustine where liberty was promised them and where they were formed into a regiment officered by themselves hitherto these practices had been attended only with the loss of property but about this time the evil assumed a much more alarming form insurrection of the slaves a large number of slaves assembled at stono where they forced a warehouse containing arms and ammunition murdered the whites in possession of it and after choosing a captain directed their march south westward with drums beating and colours flying on their march they massacred the whites seized all the arms they could find and forced such blacks as did not voluntarily join them to follow their party intoxicated with art and spirits and with their short-lived success they considered their work as already achieved and halted in an open field where the time which might have been employed in promoting their design was devoted to dancing and exultation. fortunately the people of the neighbourhood had assembled on the same day to attend divine service and as was then directed by law all the men came armed they marched immediately against the blacks whom they completely surprised many were killed and the residue dispersed or taken thus the insurrection was suppressed on the day of its commencement and such of its leaders as survived the battle were immediately executed during the long repose which the pacific temper of the duke of orleans regent of france during the minority of louis the fifteenth and the equally pacific temper of sir robert walpole minister of england gave to their respective countries the british colonies in america had increased rapidly in population and in wealth lands were cheap and subsistence easily acquired from new york to virginia inclusive no enemy existed to restrain new settlements and no fears of inability to maintain a family checked the natural propensity to early marriages the people were employed in cultivating the earth and in spreading themselves over the vast regions which were open to them and during this period their history furnishes none of those remarkable events which interest posterity End of Chapter nine.